0: Today, we're going to chat with Ruben Harris, the founder and CEO of Career Karma, and just one of the most inspirational people that I've ever talked to. His path, his journey, what he's doing now touches everything that I want to see happen you know, in the world from education and technology. Um, he's building an incredible network of the future, essentially, of education and, and workforce development by... Retraining essentially or training from the ground up individuals in high paying jobs. So Career Karma, essentially you go there, you look at what you want to learn, whether it's web development, design, data analytics, mobile app development, and they train individuals within a very short period of time, probably six to 12 months. To get into very, very high-paying tech jobs, anywhere from seventy thousand to one hundred thousand dollars a year. And unlike a lot of these sort of reskilled sort of programs that you know promise to train you and promise to do all this stuff, with Career Karma they work with companies that need people in a certain skill set. So you have a job guarantee. So if you finish one of their programs, you will get a guaranteed high paying job. And why this is important right now is obviously a lot of people are either being laid off or they're working from home, or they're just looking at a time in their life where maybe they want to make a change. And maybe they just didn't know how to go about doing that. And also money can be a barrier for trying to reskill yourself or getting some type of, of certificate or doing one of these bootcamp uh, classes. But with Career Karma, they work with all kinds of different programs where money is no longer a barrier and it's no longer an excuse. Because with income share agreements, it's sort of an innovative approach to how to train yourself in, in high-level industries without sometimes paying any upfront cash at all, upfront money, to train yourself or reskill yourself. So it's, I, I just love everything about what Ruben has built. His story is incredible. I think education and technology blended together and the ability to quickly gain skills that the market needs for high paying jobs, whether you're 21, 26, 31, 41, 43, you can train, you can go through a career karma process and Get a really high paying job at a company you want to be at is very much a reality. And I think what he has built, the community has, he has built, the core structure, these bootcamp school relationship that he has built is second to none out there. And it's going to change a lot of people's lives. It already has. I would just really, really recommend listening to the entire episode. It is phenomenal with a ton of nuggets about how career karma works, how these boot camps work how income shared agreements work, and we share some I mean I share a personal story of mine of a, of a really good friend of mine who went down this path and and went to a boot camp and completed it and now he's in a high paying job at a company he loves and you know he's he's just incredibly happy and, and loves everything about it and it's just like a real world story and example of how you can change your life in a very quick amount of time if you really put the effort into it and go after it. And it's just a phenomenal platform that Ruben has built. Phenomenal story, phenomenal journey. Please listen to the whole episode. I promise you will not regret it. I will link it below, but please visit the Reskill America campaign that Ruben and Career Karma are doing at the moment. There are so many individuals in America that don't have laptops and don't have the ability and and want want to change their life and want to get educated and skilled but they don't have the proper equipment and reskill America is an effort that he is getting companies um organizations to donate their excess laptops to the students at Career Karma so they can you know take the courses and skill themselves up so they can get a job and I think it's such an important important mission that that is and it's to me the internet technology even laptops. It's a human right or it's an, it should be an American right. Every citizen should have a laptop if they want to better themselves and they want to do courses and they want to educate themselves and skill themselves to become more employable in the job force. I think we all need to take a role in supporting those individuals who want to make a better world for themselves, but also for their community and America in general. So I'll link to Reskill America below. I'll link to everything Ruben's up to in Career Karma. As always, grant at causeartist.com. If you have any questions or requests, hope you guys are having a great week and stay safe and stay healthy. Thanks. How I like to start is, is is about the journey and I think we're gonna we're gonna get into to that, but let's talk about what career karma is first because to me it's such a an immense and necessary platform, of course, right now, right? But like, it's going to be, uh, to me, it's the future, of it's the future of education, it's the future of work. So that's a big statement, <laughs> but let's, let's talk about what Career Karma is first, and then we'll get into all the details and, and go from there.
1: Yeah, so like you said, I'm, I'm the CEO of Career Karma, and what we do is we match people to job training programs so they can get high paying jobs in tech in a year we have a mobile app on iphone and android we also have a web app Um, and what makes our software unique is not only will we match you with one of 450 job training programs across the country but we'll also give you support through a virtual peer mentorship group called a squad during the program during the job search and for the rest of your life the average salary that people make through our platform is about 70 to one hundred thousand dollars, and we can take anybody from low income to high income in a short amount of time
0: is there an age is there an age stipulation is it right out of high
1: school or within a high school even that's a good question. Some programs will take you if you're eighteen. Um, usually, it's twenty-one. Okay. Um, but um, the average salary for people in career is about twenty-five to forty-one that okay. are coming to us, and we have about five hundred thousand people a month that come to us. Um, but I like that. Um, I like that question. It's a good question. I want to make it more available. I think that um, yeah. to your point, a lot of high schoolers are going to be taking a gap year given everything that's going on with college. Um, and so um, 100%. yes, there are some that are eighteen. If you're eighteen, holler at
0: me. And, and I think it, the one thing when usually when we talk about like skills training and jobs training, I think historically that has been like, uh, not very good, right? I think historically we've had, you know, maybe the public sector do it and it hasn't really been like a private sector thing and Uh that's maybe why it's failed our country a little Uh bit so Uh like i think talk about like the actual skills training i mean these are high end sort of like programs correct like come from people that have worked in you know silicon valley companies fortune 500 companies i mean and and sometimes i mean they're the ones teaching it or or you know people under their wing are teaching like i want to get into like what the actual educational part of this is because it's not your traditional profess professor that's just in academia their whole life
1: you know yeah I like that you call that out. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> definitely schools that are run by the government. There are private um, schools as well that sometimes are predatory and take advantage of people that are that are that are low income. Yep. Um, but then you also have uh, these vocational schools called boot camps. And what I really like about boot camps is that they teach you exactly what companies need in a short amount of time. So it's not just like theory, it's not the history of, of whatever skill set that you want to know. It's exactly what companies is, are going to need to get hired. They also have flexibility, so you can do them part-time, full-time, self-paced, online or in person. They've been mm-hmm. doing that for a long time as well. But I think that the most important feature for people, um, at least at least the people that uh, apply to boot camps and Career Karma, is that every program that we work with has a job guarantee. All right, so if Excuse. you or any of your friends, if like all 51 million Americans enrolled in one of the job training programs that we work with in CareerCumber that you could see at careercoming.com slash apply or CareerCumber.com slash schools, the ones at careercom.com slash apply and a profile that we call Fast Track all have a job guarantee. So if all of y'all enroll and you drop out in the middle of it, the worst thing that happens is that you learn something. Mm-hmm. But if you do get a job and the salary range that you're going for, and like I said, the short term, about three to 12 months, uh, and the average salary is $70,000 to $100,000, then the tuition comes out of your new salary. And that is called an income share agreement. That income, that, that, that tuition is usually a little under $10,000, up to $40,000, but always cheaper than college. Yep. Some of the programs we work with will give you college credit, so they'll partner with colleges. And some of them don't, but since they are aligned with companies and what they need, they don't get paid unless you get a job. Yeah. So that is the biggest, the biggest uh, feature. The other thing to keep in mind is, let's say that you do get a job and you get laid off.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you paying
1: money when you're laid off? No. Is there interest when you're laid off? No. You're only paying when you're in a job and you can comfortably pay for it. Um, And there are innovations on the income share agreement model like deferred tuition, money back guarantee. And there's even some employers that will actually pay for your whole tuition as well. Um, There are corporate ISAs uh, that's short for, for income share agreement. And so, but the point is, is that most people don't have even $400 of savings in their pocket, and they can't pay to go to school like they can for the government that gives you financial aid. But we know student loans are not very good for people either. Oh, it's
0: so, awful. Something to keep in mind. Yeah, no, I think when we first talked, I think ISI, ISAs were really sort of coming out. Really, I mean, there really wasn't that may, that many sort of people offering them, and, and schools were were not really like taking them and like, it was just unclear on like what it was, right? It was so new. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into that because that is sort of a a new way to me where people can, and I I don't want to say afford college because to me, this is like better than college, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you can afford a career. That's how Mm -hmm. I look at it. We always talk about like, oh, we were, You know, politicians like we're creating jobs, right? Or Mm -hmm. businesses like we're creating jobs. I think we need to move on from creating jobs and create careers. That's that's how we get. That's how we move America forward. We need to create careers, not just jobs. Yeah. Um, So I think ISI has the potential to do that, right? Because then it's it becomes affordable. It's not even affordable is not the best word. It's just. accessible Accessible, to to people yeah yeah i love it i love it i mean so so talk a little bit more isa's are because i don't i think a lot of people just don't know what it is you know
1: yeah so i love that you bring up this point we're going to get into this later because it's literally like one of the second or third points that are brought up when i did demo day at y combinator i talked about how income share agreements are spreading not just to boot camps but also to colleges they're spreading everywhere because people need access yep and Uh, We have two reports that I want everybody to check out. There's one called the State of the Bootcamp Market 2020, and there's another one called the State of the ISA Market, uh, I believe 2019, that you can link to check it out. And that'll give you like a deep history about what's going on. But just so people understand, there are four triggers to an income share agreement. There is a guaranteed salary. There's a maximum that you would ever pay. There is a duration of time, and there's a percentage of your salary. A lot of times people get stuck on the percentage of their salary, not realizing that that has less of a factor than everything else that has, that's most, the most important thing about that is speed, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For example, let's say that I told you I'm going to get you a job of 50,000 and above. And if you get a job, then you agree to pay me at most 30,000. So that max is called a cap for a duration of time, let's say three years. And the percentage of your salary that you agree to pay is 10%, let's say it's
2: 10%.
1: So you get a job making $150,000 straight out like my brother did. So Mm -hmm. 10% of 150,000, is fifteen thousand. Nothing after two years. That's thirty thousand. But I told you three years. So when are you done? You're done after two years because you hit the cap. Mm. Right. Let's say you get a job for fifty thousand dollars. Ten percent of fifty thousand is five thousand. After three years, you've hit fifteen thousand. So how much did you pay? I told you thirty thousand. You paid fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. So you're either paying less than the amount or the cap. And then if, like I said, if you do get a job and you get laid off or you quit because you got to take care of your your family member that's sick with corona. Right. Are you paying money when you're laid off? No. Are you paying interest when you're laid off, which is a big killer for a lot of people? No. You're only paying when you're in a job and you constantly pay for it. Now, to give you an example of a higher percentage of your salary, like my brother, like I told you, he did a boot camp called App Academy. Yep. He uh, got a job, like I told you, in about uh, seven months, making 150000 And then he paid back 26000 in a year because they charged 17% of his salary. But he was able to get it done faster.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's something
1: to keep in mind. A lot of people end up paying loans and in debt for for years. But an income share agreement is not a loan. So that's something to keep in mind.
0: And the ISAs don't come from banks, right? Are they are they essentially that's like venture course. venture funds
1: that support? Good it? question. Um, there are banks that are involved okay. with, with this type of thing. Some schools decide to hold the risk all themselves, mm-hmm. so what okay. happens is like sometimes let's say when you're done with the boot camp and you're paying back the school at the end, the only way that the school can pay their teachers is if you pay your payments and so what some schools do is they they wait for that, but what some schools will do is they'll sell it to a third party like an investor or a bank, or they'll do half and half where an investor can give them some money to pay their teachers, and then they'll also make sure that they do what they got to do in order to get you into a job. But essentially that's how it works. There there definitely has to be some type of a mechanism like that. Very similar to like the government, right? The government is providing these things for colleges and there's always going to be banks and and governments and nonprofits and investors involved.
0: Uh, We talked a lot about skills and I think it's important to define what that is. (laughs) So what are, I guess there's a, I mean, obviously there's a plethora of what boot camps cover, right? But let's give it let's give people like the example, like web development, app development, even mm-hmm. s- is it skills, like CSS, JavaScript, like let's give an idea of like what and, and how they matched, right? It through When mm-hmm. they t- go through application process, I'm sure they put information in and stuff like that. But is yeah. there is there maybe like, oh, you know, 70% of people we put in this particular like skill set, mm-hmm. like just learn web development, or is it what they wanna learn you put them with and that's it you go forward or do you recommend stuff?
1: It's a great question. So- the main roles that we focus on are software engineering, design, mm-hmm. and data science. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we, we focus on in data data analysis and cybersecurity as well. So mm-hmm. the reason why we started with those roles is because those are the roles that boot camps have been focused on since twenty twelve, driven model for the longest that don't just get people jobs that are gonna be in demand, but all deep alumni network with people that have graduated. That have two or four years experience, which will be very important to network, mm-hmm. and also because this is the first educational institution that has had like this type of financing for a long period of time that like a lot of people aren't aware of. So, right. to, with, with that said, and and it also gives people options as well. So like there's a lot of them. So there's over 450 schools. If you go to careercovenant.com, all the schools. There are. In my opinion, I actually think sales boot camps and non technical boot camps are going to be more powerful in the future. Man, that's actually such a great point. But the problem is that there's not a lot of them. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to my boy, Sean, who runs Flock J. Um, my other boy, Rahim, who runs SV Academy, and then there's another boot camp called Pre Hired. They do really well. Um, and I we're starting to work with them on, on a lot of things because we do want to start sending people to do sales because I personally am not an engineer. My co founders did boot camps and they're engineers. But gotcha. sales is my background, and I would like more people going to to that role. My girlfriend actually did um, a Flock J, and she ended up being like the number one salesperson at a company called Squire, which is another YC company. How do you spell it? Um, you said Flock J? F. Flockjay, J, F-L-O-C-K-J-A-Y. Nice. Okay. Yeah. It's a great program. But essentially, yeah, those are the roles that we focus on right now. Something that I think I like that you said is like talk about skills. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come to Career Carbon, they're like, all right, if I, get, if I get the skills, I got the job. Right? Mm. I tell people certificates and degrees don't get you jobs, but neither does learning how to code. Mm right? Being, being the best version of you that you can be is what gets you the job. I know that sounds super corny, but if like, let's say that like all of us have the same skill set, Great point, right, right, right. right. What's going to make me choose you over the other person, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. who you are as a person, right? And a lot of people come to career karma for reinvention, not realizing that they have a lot to bring to the table, that they may not love about themselves, right? So like, if I can teach you how to love what you have historically not loved about yourself and teach you how to turn your perceived disadvantage into an advantage so you can bring it to the table, I'll show you how to compete against an engineer with 10 years experience, right? Mm. If I'm trying to get into a company like Etsy and I'm competing against a, a, a guy that has been coding for 10 years, yeah. but I'm an I'm a, I'm a older woman that right. likes to do crochet. Mm-hmm. I've been the best crochet maker in the world now, and, and the projects that I build in the boot camp are focused on the do-it-yourself community and the crochet community. When I apply to a company like Etsy, now I have something to bring to the table. Yeah, you have value the you bring. community is yep. huge. Yep. Etsy, create, Etsy creates more masks for corona yep. that are do-it-yourself than like some function facilities, yep. right? Great. I could also go to uh, a Pinterest, right? Because they have a do-it-yourself community. So like, don't just because we are reinventing ourselves doesn't mean you have to forget what you did historically. And the last thing that I'll say about this point that you touched on is like the fourth industrial revolution, right? Mm-hmm. You're not staying in just one one job forever anymore. You're not yeah. going to one school forever anymore. You can be an engineer, designer, and a data scientist in one lifetime. So you don't define <laughs> yourself by your skill. I'm not an engineer. I am Ruben Harris, right
2: right, 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 right,
1: who has done all these things. Like being a Renaissance man and a woman is, is cool. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. polymath is cool now right
2: right right i'm I'm gonna
1: start writing about
0: it no it's a it's a it's such a it's so many it's so many great points there and i i just want to i kind of want to mention because i i've experienced like a real world example so let me i'll just tell a quick story real quick is that my friend he has he had a a chemistry degree right Mm -hmm. went into like you know food services it was quality assurance because he had a Biochemistry background. He went to like the food service industry to like make sure like the foods and, and things were made properly. And he had to, you know, quality ensure that the stuff that went in your shampoo bottle was like, you know, legit. It wasn't going to like tear your skin off, right? Whatever. Right. My point is, his, he had a chemistry background, a really good job, but he hated it, right? right? But to your point, just like the crochet lady, he had value to bring when he was like, you know, he's like, I really, he was like, Grant, I really want to make a change. He was like, I really think I would love to code, right? He's like, I would love to do you no know, JavaScript development, right? And I was like, I was like, dude, you should just do a bootcamp, bro. I was like, you should really look at these. And I was like, if you got the time, do it. He quit his job, uh-huh. really good living, right? 32 uh-huh. year old, quit his job, uh-huh. chemistry degree, 10 years experience, quit his job, went and drove for Uber. And he said, he said, I'm gonna just knock this out. I'm gonna do this bootcamp. And he did it through block. Uh, mm-hmm. so, dope. I yeah, love it. I loved it. Uh, you worked with them, yeah. And so he was like, and he did it, man. He took it. It took him a little while because he had a baby during the time too. So mm-hmm. of course, the stress uh, is, uh, and is the crazy. And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you know, it took him like it took him like eight months. But it usually, it'll take you sick, The program was six months. It took eight months. Graduated. It took him sixty days to get a job. And now he, he works at some a place he loves. He's like, dude, I can be here for the rest of my life. He's amazing. like, every day he's like, I love to go to work. What the company's doing is amazing. Like I'm learning every day. And yeah. he's like thanking me, right? Because I like put yeah. him on to these boot camps. He's like, he's like, whatever projects you got, I'll build them for you, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, great, right? But I'm saying like, that's just a real world experience that I'm sure you hear thousands was, of times.
1: What's lit about that story though, is like he just needed the push, right? He just needed the encouragement from he, you, right? He man. needed to hear it from somebody else that he recognized. Like people trust other people, right? So like mm-hmm. one of the big, like I would say Career Karma's secret sauce is our community, right? Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. a whole peer, peer peer network of people helping people. So like, if your, bro- if your friend came to Career Karma, going on a block, he would be in like the Dads Who Code Squad yep. and they will be encouraging yep. each other the whole way yep. through the process. And like sometimes all you got to do is give somebody the the alley oop for them to slam dunk it, right? Hundred percent. Sometimes it takes a little bit more. But like having like people underestimate what happens when you believe in somebody, Mm -hmm. especially somebody that has historically been treated the wrong way or been marginalized.
0: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And look, and like we said, we'll we'll talk a little bit with Reskill America because I think that the point you made is that those individuals usually don't have that environment at home that is motivational for something like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they walked in and said something like that, I'm gonna quit my job, you know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. go drive for Uber and I'm gonna, <laughs> and, and I'm gonna just take this boot camp course for six months. Like it, you I don't know that you would have support. Like I think in any community right now, you probably would exactly. have much response. Everybody's much scared resp- right now. Yeah, much response Everybody. for that, right? And so like, and he, look, his, his significant other was not happy about it right like <laughs> my wife was like oh that was so stupid why did you do that and i'm like dude i'm telling you if you do this if you actually stick to this and do it bro you will getting a job is not going to be the pro- the problem you're going to you're going to have to choose between jobs that you want is going to be the problem <laughs> right cuz this skill one. is so warranted out there like people need top talent like this that know what they're doing and can, and can, you know, solve problems, man. I was like, you have the ability to do it. You just got to do it.
1: And he did it, 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 man. It was, it was motivational to me
0: to watch him do it, you know?
1: Yeah. And what you said about like your circle matters, right? So like, yes, you want to have a squad that helps you on the journey. That's, that's not negative, but you might have people that you love trying to tell you not to do this. It sounds Mm. crazy. Like put my job, do this for six months. And like, I'm gonna do this boot camp thing, right? A lot of times, it's like my mom, right? Or like somebody like like what well, I told my mom I'm leaving Atlanta to visit San Francisco for a month and I never came back, right? She obviously she's gonna be worried about me. She don't want me to do that. Right. right? It's been like six years. <laughs> you know, and so and so like <laughs> I um I saw this really cool quote. On the streets of San Francisco on the way, and I always like reading graffiti. Um, so Mike Tyson quote said, "Fear is just like fire. It can be helpful if you know how to use it. If not, Mm. you'll get burned." Right. Mm. So, like, fear is a greater motivator than the anticipation of gain.
2: Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, like.
1: We can go into that deeper, but like I just think that like the point that you brought up is like it's important because sometimes people be like, "Oh man, I have so so much negative energy around me." Like this, like crabs in a bucket mentality, which is true. We do have a lot of yeah. crabs in bucket, Like we see what happened to Nipsey. So so RIP Nipsey. Yeah, but there are some people that love you that are going to say things that might feel negative, but it's just love. So, but it's but it's that. but it's
0: also why career karma is so important because you don't need that circle around you. to be positive right it's like look if you guys don't believe in me i have an entire community that believes in me is going to help me get this done bro and like that's That's the power in it i I think that'll lead us to like reskill america right because i think there's so especially like right now like you said was it 50 million people that have been laid off right and a lot of those jobs are unskilled individuals right Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. It, and it's it, and they're looking for something different, right? Like, uh, most of those fifty million people, like, if they had a better opportunity, they probably wouldn't go back to their jobs,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like,
0: so, mm-hmm. like, what's? Tell us about how that project even came about, and, and like, what it yeah. is
2: about.
1: The whole George Floyd situation frustrated me, right? I think sure. people aren't just rioting and, and kicking and burning things down just because of police brutality. People don't have jobs, right? Right, people. Like people of color are dying more than others in, in coronavirus, It, it kind of feels like a setup, right? right. People are pissed off. Yep. And so like, I'm grateful to be in a position where we can help people from underestimated backgrounds take over these digital streets, even if we can't take over the physical streets. And so- mm-hmm. um, Which is much more do-
0: power. There's actually much more power than digital streets. <laughs>
1: <power>. like Newton <laughs> from the Black Panther said, um, what well, the tenth point in the Black Panther Party was actually people's community control of modern technology, which we have not done yet. Mm-hmm. And so, I want to help people fulfill that, right? Because that's going to bring full employment to our t- people. That will b- bring all the other things that we ask for. But we can get into that later. Sure. But going back to this, like 51 million Americans. So, like to your point, 51 million Americans lost jobs over the last 17 or 18 weeks, right, due to coronavirus mm-hmm. or filed for unemployment. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to correct one thing. I wouldn't say they're unskilled. They mm. are definitely skilled they definitely have a lot to bring to the table. Yeah. Um, I meant you I meant I meant like they're web development, you know, yeah, they exactly. yeah. They're they're not yeah, yeah see, they're not they're not aligned with where the economy is going. Correct. They're not right? high
0: wage skills. There's back no back. going back
1: to normal. Right. Yeah. Right. There's right. no going back to normal. Yeah. Right. People are like, oh, I just can't wait till coronavirus over, we're <laughs> gonna go back to normal. It's not happening. Yeah. Right. Now if anything, corona has accelerated the digital economy, if you don't have tech at your core, your business is dead, period. That's why every single company that's in tech is hitting like, not every company, but a lot of tech companies are hitting all-time highs when you got small businesses like getting crushed right now. And so to your point, a lot of these jobs are gone permanently. And so what a lot of people don't realize, so like, this has created a boom in career karma. By the fall, we're going to have over a million people a month coming to the platform. I know, man. And it's crazy. Most people have a smartphone, but less than sixty percent of Black and Brown people have a laptop. Hmm. And like to take it another step, let's talk about low-income communities. Like forty-six percent of adults living in households earning less than thirty thousand dollars per year do not own a laptop. Hmm. Right. Usually, when people talk about the digital divide, they're always talking about Wi-Fi is absolutely important. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. shout out to the libraries that are helping people get wifi and a bunch of things like that. But if remote work is a trend and you want to be able to work from home, especially for the moms that are quarantined because moms are going through it right now. Great point. Right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need to
1: be able to have devices to be able to not just train, but also work from home, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So what I noticed through the Career Comma platform with my team, Archer team, Melvin and, and many other on the team um, is that people are using our discussion forums to find laptops in the community. So if I don't have a laptop, but I have a spare room, you can stay in my spare room. I'll let you borrow the laptop. Blah blah blah. And I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. And and I shared that observation with uh, Frida Kapoor Klein, um, who's at the Kapoor Center for Social Impact in mm-hmm. Oakland, which is a nonprofit. And she was like, that's crazy. That's that's wild. Why don't we do something special for them? Because you're a for-profit organization, so you can't really do much. You need to have a nonprofit entity. Gotcha. And yep. since that takes forever to start it, right. why, don't, why don't we serve as your fifth boss? And, and we'll be the nonprofit, so clear line. And then what you can do, Ruben, is what you know how to do best and reach out to all the companies in their IT departments and ask them to donate old laptops that they don't need yep. to give to the K-4 Center and if they don't have laptops to give and they have money from their corporate social responsibility department, HR department, or their diversity or their employer resource group, they can cut a check to the k Center so it's tax deductible. And by the way, the laptop donations are also tax deductible. And 100% of that will go towards the people in career karma that got laid off, that want to enroll in boot camps, and need the tools to get a job in tech. So we're calling the campaign Reskill America, the Great Rehiring Initiative. We want to give away 5,000 laptops. In the last few weeks, I've already raised. Over 170,000 dollars from companies like Square, GitHub, Affirm, Airtable, Twitter just gave us 26 laptops today. Redfin, all these, all these companies that really are are rallying together to help people get ready for this. This fourth industrial revolution. Also, just got two nonprofit checks for the first time. Uh, two nonprofit checks. One of them is from the Film Drop Adventures Foundation, and one from Colin Kaepernick's Foundation Know Your Rights Camp, which is super cool because we got a lot of pro athletes that are on career coming out too. That's uh, So that's the campaign.
0: So I want to touch on a little bit what you said because to me, this it, you might disagree with me, and and that's okay, bro, because that's how we move the conversation along, right? But yeah, all this money, like you touched on on George Floyd and. And all, everything that happened after it, right, you saw, like, all of a sudden, like, all these uh, minority-owned venture firms pouring money in, you know, $40 million go here, you know, $30 million go. And I'm like, this is a good thing, yes, mm-hmm. but, like, we still have millions of people who don't have laptops, right? Like, Bro, yes. why can't yes. we give all that money to this initiative because that's actually going to help the people that come from a George Floyd neighborhood, you know? Bro. Like, this is what I don't
1: understand. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. <laughs> so, like, I'm learning a lot through this nonprofit world, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, first of all, and I actually did a philanthropy podcast earlier today. Shout out to Eric Brown to, like, actually sign off about how I feel about this. Like, <laughs> 90% of U.S. foundations don't have a website, which is a problem, right? And they don't accept open invites. You got to have a relationship with them first. So, like, mm. Thank God I'm blessed to be in a position to have relationships or to make relationships, to get to people. Mm-hmm. But like, how is Joe Smo or Susie supposed to get in front of a, a foundation if you don't accept no no solicitation? It makes no right. sense. Right? right. So that's number right. one. Number two, the grant making process is ridiculous. I'm going to oh, call it dude, that. it's, 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 it's insane. It's insane. It, it, it's, it's way too slow. Right? The main difference between a startup and any other organization is that is speed. Right? So that's something that I've learned. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I think nonprofits. And governments are blessed to be in a very good position to help people because people are hurting now, and it, it, we can't wait for three to six months to deploy money to them, right? So we got to move faster. And the grant making process sucks, so we got to fix that, right? Yep. Number three, number three. I think that like I think that um, even if your time is limited, which I totally understand, there are things that we can learn. If you don't trust yourself, or if you don't have time to review all the applications, you can adopt a scout model. With mm. your nonprofits, yep. the way that I think about a scout, scout model is: give money to your grantees and give them the ability to give grants to anybody that they've pleased that are nonprofits to help. Yep. Because that's going to allow you to spread your seed faster, and then they'll be on your radar, and you'll know that they fit your criteria because the person that's a grantee knows what you like. And then if you want to double down on that grant, then double down on it. That would help a lot, and I have a lot of other opinions about it, but like. I would say those are the main ones. Speeds, this grant process makes no sense. It's Crazy. In my opinion, it's actually harder to raise from nonprofit than venture capital, which 100%. makes sense. And the other, especially as a person of color. And you know what what's the biggest stat that jumped out to me that like really pissed me off? And I'm gonna give a huge shout out to Edgar Villanueva who put me on to this thing. You guys know you know Edgar Villanueva? He's mm. the homie. You should check him out. He okay. talks I think he talks about like decolonizing philanthropy or whatever.
0: Interesting. He
1: gave me the stat out of all of annual grant making, only 8.5% of the grants go to people of color. That should make everybody upset. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you are supposed to be helping people from the hood. Right. Right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, bro. It's, it's, we talk about systems and systematic change from, you know, a police level or from a, a policy level even. Right. But from the nonprofit side of things, from, distribution of wealth or distribution of philanthropy right that just we we touched on the venture thing i know there's it's less than one percent goes to minorities for venture capital right so obviously there's systematic change that can happen right but guess what like defunding the police like that's not gonna happen not ever (laughs) right right? but like and then like changing policy that's gonna take decades right but guess what like Getting laptops to people, making the nonprofit uh, side of of grant making—that's that's a that's a problem that can be done in a month, bro. It's
1: right? easy to understand. And like to your point, like it's sustainable. Let me give you an 100%, example. 100%. Like this is like a a wishful thinking example. Let's pretend somebody listened to this podcast, which I know you got a huge mm-hmm. audience, and they're like, you know what? these guys are making great points, let's give them all the laptops, okay? <laughs> and let's say another person was like, you know what, this income share agreement thing is cool, but how about I just like pay for all the tuition? Right? Mm. But, mm. but but, what if the people that are getting the laptops that have the scholarships to go for free still wanna give back, right? And we can get them jobs making $100,000. So collectively they will make half a billion dollars Mm. And if they give 10% of their income for a year, now you've created a $50 million fund. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And now you can use that without ever having to talk to venture capital, nonprofit, or nobody. And the fund was created by the people for the people. You see uh, what I'm
0: saying? I, I see what you're saying. And I love everything about it. And like, I, I think the difference is, is that this stuff can be done, though, right? This is not dependent on okay. policy... It's not dependent on policymakers. It's not dependent on legislation. It's not dependent on the government. It's not dependent on anything. We as people have so much power that we just need to understand how to attribute it and allocate it correctly. Right. And like if you, once you have skills, man, like you have all the power. Right. You get to choose where you want to work, you get to choose who you want to work for. Giving your skills to a company is a massive power, right? So if we, we once you have, I'm telling you, man, like, and, and it's so, it's so interesting just looking at like the, the d- dynamics of, of like America and like, we could always talk about George Floyd just cause I, I think it, it brings us all, it, it centers everybody to, to, to just the situation. And like, let's just talk about that neighborhood, right? That neighborhood to people might, might be, think of uh, as a really bad area but guess what the best real estate in America is? Every inner city in the country is the best real estate probably in the world. I mean, if you really could talk about it, if you really think about it and I'm like, once we, once we get those individuals into skills like career karma, take those paths, get these jobs and a hundred thousand, guess what, bro? It's, that's going to it's, it's on. I mean it's going to happen rapidly too though. That's what oh, people don't understand. It's like these communities ha- they sitting on the best real estate in America, right? It's just one they we just need to have them understand it. We got to make them believe that that is the case.
1: You know? Exactly. And understand they have power because a lot of times like the media pushes against each other. They talk about this self-made person or whatever, which is why like from day one, we do this whole peer to peer. I love that you talk about the real estate in these low income communities because once we take over these digital streets and we get to a much bigger scale, I haven't talked about this publicly but i'm gonna just say it right i like this shirt that i'm wearing right now i don't know if you can see it It says mm-hmm. protect your dreams on the back of it mm-hmm. and everybody that goes through career trauma historically got one of these shirts that says protect your dreams Beautiful. and since we're talking about race we're talking about economic empowerment and all these things in the future i actually want to do a, a a graffiti campaign in the streets on every martin luther king boulevard Mm. since that's in over i think 900 cities we're going to call it the protect your dreams campaign help people take their cities back Mm -hmm. right where we'll have leaders in their local communities tagging up the walls in a beautiful way not in the like negative way kind of like the black lives matter mural everywhere Mm -hmm. and help people love where they live not just be like oh man it sucks being on Martin luther king boulevard it's just people getting shot up. like we don't have to do that no more you know what I'm saying? City, so, city anyway, should,
0: city should be high. City should, city should be hiring graffiti artists to make beautiful exactly. pieces of art in their city, bro. The reason exactly. why is bound exactly. so upon because you get arrested for it. It's like, why? Like, just designate areas in the city where graffiti is like allowed, and watch what beautiful things will happen.
2: Mm-hmm. You well, know, you about
1: to go to Instagram there. <laughs> graffiti culture, man. Like what Banksy is doing to make statements about COVID-19 and wearing a mask. Like I lo- like if you just walk through the streets of San Francisco mm-hmm. and you just look at the graffiti and how it changes, it'll tell you how the people feel. 100%. Even if it says F techies, right? Okay. Sure. That's okay. Like now you know how they feel. But if you're sitting there in your echo chamber thinking everything's all good and you're not talking to people that are affected, you're not going to be able to solve problems for them. Yeah. And tech is moving towards solving problems that people need, and if you're not talking to the people in those communities, you're not going to do it right.
0: I, I want to talk. There's going to be a poverty
1: pimp. No more poverty. <laughs>
0: pimp. I want to talk a little bit about about what you said. Uh, individuals that are, are at home, especially like mothers, right, and, and kind of uh-huh. what you're what you're seeing, like the age demographic through career karma, right, and kind of what they're dealing with, and, and the idea of like, yeah, laptops are a problem, but if you have a laptop and no internet, like. You're fighting these battles right that that's a thing you can't solve for right if yeah. i don't have internet like i can't just like get that happen right if it's just not in my community right so like how can we for people who get laptops right and we talked a about libraries before um but that's still difficult maybe to go to right and like they close at certain times right so what if you have your your job you, you know you gotta work past six or something like that it's like like how, when you talk to people, right? Like the digital divide, to me, the internet is a human right. I think everybody mm-hmm. should have it, right? It just, mm-hmm. it just is what it is, especially in America. Everybody should have it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How, like from the companies you talk to, or just like, just community leaders that you talk to, like, what is the issue there? Like, why is it because it's just expensive? And then why can't we have these, these organizations, you know, pay for like internet, for like communities, right? Like we can, mm-hmm. we can do that, I believe.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I think, I think one thing that you talked about, like mothers at home or just our demographic on home, at home, something that people don't talk about enough um, is that psychology is key to labor market transitions, which is why community is important. Hmm. And you have to understand mental health. Right? Hmm. Loneliness is a big issue, especially for the elderly. Right. It was there before COVID-19, and there's been hmm. a rise in mental health issues now. Unemployment leads to huge cases in suicide. Huge as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and and it is a problem. Uh, which is why um we think to your point, Wi Fi and, and, and device access is right. Because like for example, you and I have never met in person, but it feels like we've known each other forever. Yeah, for sure. And so you can connect with other individuals and have really deep bonds that are created virtually that a lot of people are still like having theories on on Twitter, but uh, like it's possible to do. I've had sure. nonstop Zoom calls building relationships with people that i never met before. And it's been of course, amazing. yeah. But, but some people aren't extroverted like me. And so mm-hmm. going back to your point about like why has this not happened? Why is this not a right? I think historically when you think about power um, and utilities, you think about it more as like things that like the government will provide for you
2: mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. like
1: like or something that like some, like something in a, in a public service will provide it for you, even though there are big companies that provide this type of thing, like a, 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 I'm not gonna call it the companies because they might get involved with the campaign, so. Sure, uh, sure. The, 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 uh, the, like you would, you would. it's either gonna be public sector or private sector, but it's never been like, like we need this like ASAP as a business imperative. 100%, Is economic, it's for America, right? Like American, like
0: that's yeah. what we don't understand.
1: Exactly, since half the world's not connected by the way, yeah, um, sure. half the world's not connected to the internet. I am really excited about two big initiatives. Um, one of them is by Elon Musk. He has something called Starlink, mm-hmm. where he's shooting satellites to the sky yep. um, to provide global internet. So I think that's that's a really strong one. There's another one by Google called Project Loon. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, they just they have literally like balloons, yeah. balloons, and yeah. providing internet to people in Africa, but eventually yep. everywhere else. So I think I think that's super cool. I think. When you think about providing internet for everybody, it is kind of hard because of like wiring and power and, and other places and. But and if like you that. have, even if, in San Francisco, like if uh, you, you have electricity, hot, 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 though, but right? if you have hotspots, hot, yeah, if you have electricity, you should be able to do it. So yeah, I, <laughs> not, I, I agree. With you. I, you should be able to do it, but um, I think people just don't care enough yet. But I think coronavirus is like forcing people to have to care about it because you can't provide all remote work at any company. If your employees don't have laptops and I think that's going to be a right yeah. to, for everybody going forward in the future. Yeah, 100%.
0: So is is Reskill America, is that a time-based thing, right? Or is that just when we hit a certain number? Or is it like, can it just be like forever type of thing?
1: <laughs> there is no timeline. Okay. But people are hurting now, like I said. So yeah. There's no end date to it. To your point, it might evolve into us having our own .org or something like that. Right, right. Um, but right, right now, uh, we're just working with the Cable Center for the next year on it. Um yeah. and then we'll see where it goes from there.
0: We hit on a lot of stuff, man. But I do think it's really important to tell people like your journey, right, and and the path that you took to build not only just career karma, but the things you did before that, right. I think we're, it is necessary to talk about too. So. Like let's talk about when let's start when you told your mom,
1: like I'm moving yeah. <laughs> talk yeah. about that yeah. and let's, let's talk about that journey after that. Yeah, I mean my mom and father, my mother and father are both I am where I am, right? They they taught me to develop things that nobody could take away from me but myself, which mm. is language and music. So my first language mm. is, is Spanish and I've been playing the cello for almost thirty years. My cello's right over here. Wow. Um and I've been I've been doing that since I was four years old. I'm thirty three now. And what's super cool about understanding that is, I've always recognized that if I stop practicing, it's gonna go away. And I always have to constantly push myself to get better every week. So this whole concept of like lifelong learning has been built into me from the beginning, like setting a stretch goal, getting better every week, right. reflecting on it, listening to yourself, like working in teams because you do orchestra, symphony, chamber music, right? Right. If you're the best, you can't just play loud all the time. Sometimes you've got to be fully really understand team dynamics. Um, you've got to understand how to be polite, how to, how to interact in different environments, blah, 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 compete, whatever. Yep. Yep. So I think, I think that's, that's a factor. I also went to religious school my whole life. So, you know, you talked about libraries. I actually think that the church is in a very powerful position where the church can actually um provide we work infrastructure without Dude. bleeding billions what of an dollars. amazing it's like, it's what an amazing like, idea because they like, you, they're like, in every yeah, corner they every the corner <laughs> bro, tupac has a great rant about this in Vibe magazine he did a he did a video and he's just talking about the church like mm-hmm. like why well just look at him vibe magazine tupac what he says about the church okay and it's positioned to be able to to, be, to help with workforce development. And the reason why I think the church is powerful, and like something my parents always taught me when I went to education like that, is that the majority of slave rebellions actually came from the church. Did you know that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what's crazy about like the church is like, it's not just about spiritual renewal. There's, there's healthcare, there's education, there's leadership. Like the NAACP had roots in the church. A lot of our historically black colleges were originated from the church. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. So I'll say that's been a, a key thing that my parents instilled into me. The other thing that's nice about being in church schools is that they're smaller. So mm. have the ability to interact with the other students and direct mentorship from the senior leaders. And you understand the importance of spirit mm-hmm. and thinking about things that are deeper than education and money, which I think is super important. Right. You see my, my grandfather, he, he knocked door to door selling religious books. He was also a math teacher. He also like did a bunch of other things as well. If you want to run an organization, you have to be able to understand rejection. And right. uh, career combo was able to get into an organization called Y Combinator, uh, which is the world's largest tech accelerator. But the first time that we applied, we got rejected. Hmm. I've never got anything the first time. This is a my eyebrows <laughs> to remind myself of that because, <laughs> like, you always <laughs> you always have to keep going because, like, my my friend, he's the CEO of of Maven. He said, um, but never burn your bridges, cause no's turn to yeses. And mm. all you gotta do is just keep executing, keep shipping. Because like I have stories of somebody that I asked twenty five thousand dollars for when we were raising, and then they rejected me. And then I applied, I, I hit them up again after we made some progress. They gave us a three hundred thousand dollar check. Wow. Right? So yeah, like, yeah. Don't take personal.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: Just keep moving. Yeah. Because they'll see you. Like you and I, we've been talking for years. You saw me when we didn't have nothing. Yeah. And so I told you what I was going to do. Yeah. And we're still not close to a billion people, but we're definitely over a hundred thousand.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Oh so yeah. we're going to continue getting there. So I'll just say like, that's been key. And then, um, I know we, I only have two minutes left cause I got to, um, okay. I got to do another call, Go but ahead. like, um, uh, growing up in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm black, right. And, mm-hmm. and I speak Spanish. And so I never knew black people who are a minority. Mm. And so, um, mm. Great point. Until I left Atlanta, and so I never felt bad about myself. Mm-hmm. I never felt like that was a a problem. Mm-hmm. My my the women in my family are strong. They all work. I hear right? you. Right?
2: Yeah. And same. So
1: like I'm a I'm a product of the matriarchy,
2: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Even though my father has also been a key key piece in my life, and so that mindset matters. And if you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to be able to get to where you want to go and And most barriers in life are are psychological, not technical so if if you if you take all these elements that I just kind of like introduced, um, I would say that's gonna help you so
0: anyway. all right, brother well, thanks for taking the time man. I wish we had another hour bro. so maybe maybe'll we'll maybe we'll do it again maybe we
1: we'll,
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do we'll just do part two man we'll just do part two three four five cool. six seven so uh but appreciate you taking the time yeah, man it's uh it's been of course, a pleasure, man, and I absolutely love what you are doing, and and I I can't wait to talk more. We'll talk. We'll talk later on because I, I want to help yeah. as much as I can, right? So we'll figure something yeah. out. But um, uh, but get get to your next call, bro. And thank you so much.
1: Thank you, my brother. Peace. Talk to you soon, man. This is amazing. Have a good one.
0: Thanks everybody for listening to the episode. Just want to give a, a quick shout out to the Cause Artist Partners. Everyone who has signed up for it. Um, truly appreciate it. I will uh, list the link in below so you can check them out. If you want to become a partner, uh, just go to causeartist.com partners. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye.